Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. Karen, let's do show notes quickly and jump into today's show. Okay. So we have a second podcast called Sips of Sanity. It's a smaller, shorter version of Coffee with the Sarlows, essentially, but that one focuses much more on an emotional intelligence toolbox. So they are shorter, kind of more pointed tools that you can use to navigate life a little bit more easily. And intuitive tools. Yes. Okay. Hence the emotional intelligence. Well, some people don't know they go together. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. We have our evening with medium events coming up in August on the 24th, as well as December on the 14th. Both events have tickets on sale already on the website at buysarlo.com if you want to click on upcoming events. We have personal sessions as well as gift certificates available. They can be purchased and experienced from anywhere in the world. And the gift certificates are available at any denomination as well. Mm-hmm. Are we done show notes? Yeah, swift. Okay, so let's swing right into today's show. The topic that I picked today is so exciting for both you and I, and we want to share it with everybody because it's about signs. It's one of the reasons why people book an appointment with an intuitive, because they want their signs, they want their, we'll say signs or proof. So those are things that are going to go back and forth a little bit today. Mm-hmm. That when somebody books an appointment with an intuitive, that is one of the key things that they're looking for during their session is proof. And that is in the signs around, like, what do we get that we can validate that we're speaking to and connecting to, in this instance, perhaps medium where somebody who's passed over. Yeah. And if you haven't lost someone that you loved or that you knew, then it can be just as important if you're coming to us as a psychic where you want to know future information. But if we can't validate that, and we can't, we have to go back into past or present information that you can confirm so that we know we're accurate about future. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. That is so good. And that's the part that I would like to bring up today as well, that if you're coming for psychic and it's about future, do not sit your ass down in that chair in front of us and say, no, 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 you got that wrong. You can't do that. Your attitude is wrong. Yes, because if you're coming to say, I want to know about my future, but then you're going to say we're wrong about everything, it it makes for a kerfuffle. It just makes for a very mixed up session where we're going to be frustrated with you because we're doing our job. You're doing, we are doing what you've asked us to do, but you're sitting there saying that every single thing that we say is inaccurate and you don't know that yet. And that's why the information gets coupled with the signs for us. So what are you wanting to do with today's show? Are we throwing out different kinds of signs that we've received over the years? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it would be really fun to give them examples of signs in different ways, past, present, and future, so that they could see and hear different things as to understand how to be a better client for anybody that's intuitive. But here's the kicker. Also, for them to pay attention to the signs they get. So if you're listening to this, it doesn't mean that you have to be an intuitive as well. But if you've asked somebody who's crossed over for a sign for something, and then you get it and you discount it, you throw it away, you don't acknowledge it. Or here's another one. Maybe you believe it. Maybe you feel really happy. Maybe dad has come along and you've asked dad for a sign to drop dimes everywhere and you're getting your dimes galore. 
You're feeling connected. You're feeling loved. You're feeling supported. This is proof for you. And then you show up and you tell your partner when they come through the door. Or you go out for supper and you tell your girlfriends. And somebody says, oh, for God's sakes, you're not into that shit, are you? And totally verbally abuses you. Mm-hmm. And you throw out that relationship. You throw out your connectivity. You throw out love. You dismiss the effort from the spirit world to say we are here. We didn't go anywhere. We love you. We support you. We are doing everything we can to let you know love didn't end when we passed. Now, I want to say something to the people that do those shitty things. Get your shit together and keep your own problems to yourself. Know your own boundaries and don't poo-poo over other people's lives and relationships. Stop being abusers. Clean up your act. Research. Educate. Change your mindset. Don't destroy another person's. And that's enough. That's enough of your bad behavior. That's enough of saying that you're staying in your own fixed mindset and you're going to destroy somebody's growth mindset. That is enough. Chances are, if you're listening to our podcast show, you're not one of them. So I realize this message might be falling on the wrong ears. But it could fall on the right ears that if you are someone who has allowed that to happen to you, you might have latched on to the words, that's enough, and known that that is how you want to deal with it the next time. Yeah, it's okay to turn around to to say to somebody who's in a fixed mindset, who's destructive about relationships, that is enough for me. Take your fixed mindset, take the way that you behave and what your belief system is and keep it to yourself. Don't destroy love. Mm -hmm. Don't destroy connection. Don't destroy what I'm building. And the opposite of that is this. Say... You find out or you create this. I remember doing this with you when my dad passed. I asked him to be at different times. Butterflies, loads of butterflies, blue butterflies, orange ones, then a dragon, then a red dragon, then a green dragon. So I went through different phases saying, could you give me signs, dad? So Maureen McGinty, wherever you are in the universe. Figure it out. Yeah, figure it out. Come and show me. Let me know you love me, you're here for me, whatever, whatever it meant to me. And I clearly remember you saying things to me like, Mom, did you see the blue butterfly on that little girl's dress? Yeah, I looked for them for you. Mom, did you see the mound or great big stream of butterflies on that billboard on the side of the highway? Mom, did you see the one on the magazine cover or the birthday cards that you got all from all kinds of people this year it seemed to be the theme that your dad was trying to come through it meant that when you shared it with the right person with the right mindset the growth or the positive or whatever you want to call it when you shared it with the person that was supporting intuitiveness supporting your gifts supporting the relationship that it became fun absolutely I I know for myself, just on a personal note, that when my partner's grandmother passed away, it was kind of a thing in the family that she was a dragonfly. And the girls 
uh, her girls got dragonfly necklaces or brooches and things like that. And I remember venturing up to the cottage not long after she had passed. And when I got into our bedroom, right on the screen was a real live dragonfly. And I just, I was so excited to take a picture and text everyone in the family and say, grandma's at the cottage. (laughs) And it's, it doesn't even have to be that they're there to see it physically or that they just happen to miss it. It's that we seek those things out because they bring us so much comfort and so much joy. Well, and they also prove the, in the, how do you say that? The lie. I was going to search for a nicer term, but I think I'm just going to go with a blatant one. The lie that churches told us that they don't exist or that they're gone, that they're in a better place. It's far away and you too will get there one day instead of they're here. They love us. They can connect to us in a moment. I also want to say that it also proves that they can be everywhere all at once. And I've watched the way that you've given this example to many clients over the years, the way that you have said, well, when your mother was alive... If you were away at university, did you know in a different city that she still loved you and that she was still thinking of you and that while your brother was out in a different city that she loved him just as much and was her thoughts were with both of you at the same time? Mm-hmm. People can wrap their head around that, but these affirmations when the dragonfly appears in four different places at once, how how connected can you feel? Well, and that's the choice. You either feel the connectivity of it or you have to choose the exact opposite. Ah, oh, Kelly, I'm over enunciating. I saw you roll your eyes. <laughs> yeah, Ross Geller over here. <laughs> you turned your head slightly so that just, I wouldn't see the hurts. eye roll. It hurts a little bit. <laughs> okay, so I'll say it again, yeah. <laughs> maybe more softly, but people want connectivity. It's why we're humans. Mm-hmm. It's what It's what every single one of us wants when we want a baby. It's what we want when we want to fall in love or when we want a co-worker that gels and gets us or we join a team. Or we plant a garden. Yeah. It's connectivity. You know, what? how the same way a mother of a, ch- a human child learns that a different cry means something, we can look at a flower bed and know that this is just when they sleep, even though it's not night. We observe, we care for, we get in tune with something else so that we can be connected to them. And I would caution people that if you don't want to connect to anything, if you're one of the ones that poo-poos it all, maybe you need therapy to find out why you've disconnected from everything, including who we are. Can we get into some examples now of the different ways that signs come in? And Mm -hmm. we're going to use some of our own so people can relate to the ones that happen to them. We're going to talk about them in different senses too. Mm-hmm. So that if it happens to you or somebody that you know, maybe the next time you can go up to them and say, what are you doodling? Maybe you get to watch what they're doodling and place it for them and say, I see you doodle that all the time. Did you know grandpa did that? Mm. That you get to place those types of things for people with a kindness. You get to help them recognize, geez, I noticed that you always doodle this sign or symbol. I noticed that you like the same colors as he did. Your turn. As for an example? Sure. One of the most recent ones that just happened last week, uh, a woman came in. She had lost her father a little while ago, so it wasn't, it wasn't new. It wasn't new grief. And he had channeled for her for quite a while in the session, and it was all about her personality. It was all about her future career stuff. And then one of the last things he said was, my bottoms. Oh. 
And I just, I remember thinking, this is so uncomfortable. I have no idea what that means. I'm just supposed to say my bottoms. Mm. And she just looked at me and she goes, oh my God, that's too funny. And I'm going, oh, okay, well you tell me then (laughs) because he's just saying my bottoms. And it had turned out that she had been wearing his pajama bottoms more recently around the house and she had had a vivid moment and she even said I don't know why I focused on this I don't know why I had a moment of just thinking about it but I was sitting down and I looked down at my own pants and thought huh those are my dad's I never thought that at some point in my life I would be wearing my dad's bottoms (laughs) no that's so true eh? right yeah (laughs) yeah it was so cute he had he had just worked so hard to tell her I'll say the important things and then just gave her a quick, light, funny, my bottoms yeah. affirmation. So that's something you heard. Yes. Okay. I'd like to give a different one. Mm-hmm. It is this a certain smell. So it was the smell of a certain cologne. And it was in an elevator. He was trying to say to somebody who was a client that whenever she was in elevators, that he would give her the smell of his cologne. This was her husband who had passed. And she loved the smell of it. It was the same smell as when he got out of the shower because he had one of those kits that it's your bath soap, your shampoo, your cologne. And it was just something that she didn't want to lose. She was terrified that as she went on with life, that if she met another man and found another partner or husband, that, well, she was terrified he'd have the same smell, first of all. But she was also terrified he'd have a different smell. Hmm. So she felt very stuck. So her husband, who died, came through and said, well, we'll meet in elevators. That's very Grey's Anatomy of him. <laughs> yeah. I just thought That's that cute. was really cute. That we'll, we'll keep it simple. We'll keep it clean. We, I won't be giving you the smell of cologne in the bedroom. Well, I love that it's contained, too. That if she gets in an elevator on her own, there's less of a chance that she can even question. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it, and he's, it was very specific. So that it's just elevators, just when you're by yourself or when there's no other men in the elevator, you're going to smell that smell. That's me just giving you a hug, knowing that you've moved on, knowing that you're with a new partner. He's got his own smell and I want you to enjoy it. I want you to enjoy your time on earth with this other person. I can still love you differently. It's okay. There's room for two. Cool. Just like my mom would say, there's room for nine kids. Mm-hmm. I can love all nine. And I think that was, that's important to be told when we're trying to move into a different relationship or a different time of our life. Can I share, can I share an affirmation that was for me by you? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I've said this on a, a podcast before, but I, I love telling the story. I was away at university and I had been asking you to channel after I think a long day. And I wanted my friend Nock, who I had lost to suicide a couple years before that. Just wanted to hear from him. Just wanted to know what he was up to. And you had given me some information. And of course, a regular human being can't confirm that. And I said, well, how, how do you know? Like, what can you see Nock doing? And you said, well, you fell over in the shower this afternoon. <laughs> and I, what? <laughs> And you had said to me that you could see me standing mm-hmm. up in the shower, shaving my legs mm-hmm. with one leg way up too high that threw off my balance and I fell forward and hit my head on the glass. <laughs> so <laughs> embarrassing to affirm that you were talking to knock. He let oh. you know that he had seen me fall over in the shower. Right. 
And isn't that a lovely way? Oh, that's kind of, oh, okay. I'm going to say lovely. <laughs> oh, I think it's hilarious and wonderful because I was in a completely different city than you. We hadn't spoken that day. And I don't even think you had seen the upstairs bathroom at that no, point. I don't think so. And that, that situation, if you can call it that, could never have happened in our bathroom because mm. we have a tub and an enclosure. Yes. Anyway, I, I just remembered being awestruck by the other side in that moment and the detail that they gave you about how I fell yeah and and at the same time like just so loved so Mm. supported that's the purpose of the affirmations that's why I really wanted to do the show is about love and support yeah and I the other word that pops in is so present Mm -hmm. comforted permission I can think of so many different words that come when we get their presence back again because sometimes it gives us permission like that lady to move on that it's okay she's going to get the smell of her husband who passed in the elevator but I can go forward okay my turn Mm -hmm. um I want to throw out Jim Lennox again and I think you know his name's going to come up I know he's smiling for years and years I think because Jim is somebody who is a client who's been coming for years not every month, but I would say probably eight to ten Steady times enough. a year. Yeah. Um, a retired police officer from the Canadian military who's used to investigating things and looking for facts. And through all of these maybe, I want to say maybe 20 treatments. I'm not certain if it would be more or less. Jim certainly could l- verify that for me. He has all these pieces of paper. He has all of these different symbols drawn that I have no idea. But if somebody says, how'd you draw them? Jim could tell you. I looked outside of the backyard at the shed and his grandpa would draw things all over the backyard and I would stare, take a pencil and paper and draw whatever I saw. And he was able to, and maybe not for everything. I don't want to say for everything. I don't want to speak on his behalf, but he has certainly been able to come on to the show. Be able to say you drew this. Maybe a year ago, two years ago, I had no idea what I drew then. And I found it. It's here in this country. It means this. So it's also to say as intuitives, we don't always understand what the symbols are. But there is a trust in the other side that they know. And that eventually, with time, it will become known. And that's why we're called intuitive. Mm -hmm. Because it really does mean that there needs to be some sense of curiosity, some sense of trusting the person that you've booked the appointment with, or what are you doing if you're just there to test? Can I go? Mm-hmm. I had a wonderful client. She's come a couple times by distance, and I had given her some upsetting information about her relationship with her significant other. And I'm not, I won't share that. It did come to light about two years later and she called me back and said, can I have another session? I'd like more coaching from my, my guides. So channeling. And once she got what she needed there, I think she had had enough affirmations about her own relationship that had come to light, that there was even more of a trust in the information that came next, if that makes sense. And she said, can I check in on my sons? And I said, yeah, you've got one son who's the people pleaser out of the two of them. And he's got severe, um, pain in his lower left earlobe and she just paused and she was like I don't think so and I said well 
I'm sorry, like I'm getting pain. So there's the synesthesia because mm-hmm. we're talking about getting it in different ways. Mm-hmm. I had tremendous throbbing in my earlobe. And in just a flash of a second, the question to the guides is mine or his. Mm-hmm. And I hear his, which is difficult because I do get that myself from time to time. But I hear his. So I give the information. You don't filter. And she said, OK, thank you. I'll write it down and I'll get back to you. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, thank you so much. Because we do walk away with a little bit of nerves, thinking, did I do a good enough job for them? Mm -hmm. And she emailed me that night. She said when her kids got home, she asked that particular son if he was experiencing pain in his earlobe. And he affirmed, yeah, he didn't know to talk about it. Mm -hmm. He didn't know that that wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. And so he never vocalized it. Mm -hmm. And the message that came afterwards when we were chatting was, if I am correct, if you find out that this is accurate, he needs to see a chiropractor. It's actually an issue in the neck. Mm-hmm. And so she booked the appointment that evening. And I just, I was so excited because the affirmation actually had to come from a third person, not the, the session itself. And, and Kelly, that's why it's so important during the session for people to be truly open-minded when they're asking us for signs. Mm. Because if you're shutting it down, and I'm going to give an example in, in a minute, if you're shutting it down, then you're never going to go out and get the signs. Well, and how do you connect? If she said, well, he's never complained about it, I'm not going to put an idea in his head because people have worded it that way to us as well. How would she have ever known what kind of care he needed? Mm-hmm. Oh, I get it. If one day when he's 20 and says, well, yeah, I've been having that my whole life. What do you mean? Yeah. How much regret do you have as a caretaker, mom or father or whomever, that you didn't do enough? as much as you could have done. Which is something I think you and I both get as well from clients that come back five years later. For me now, it's over a decade of doing this. So people coming back 10 years and 12 years later saying to me, I went back to the recording that you did. Um, I made massive amounts of mistakes in not believing anything that you said, thinking that it was all crap. Oh yeah, this particular woman said, I made you wrong. She, she confessed, um, sorry, that's not the right word. She admitted that that is what she did in her head because she wasn't at that place. Mm -hmm. I understand that because we are made wrong all the time. And that's why I wanted to bring up that if your friends make you wrong, if your partner wants to make you wrong, that's enough. Exactly. We have to be able to say that's enough. That's your problem. That's your mindset, not ours. It's important to keep hearing this over and over through this podcast. Mm -hmm. I had one woman who lost her husband and she was on the table. At the time I had a a table set up. We were doing some energy healing. And I said, I'm really sorry. I don't know what to do with this message. He's showing a fox. And I had my head went to must be of the animals. I'll look into the book later about what it means. And she goes, oh, no, Foxy's my nickname. (laughs) And he didn't refer to her That's by cute. her first name. He only he only called her Foxy. Oh, is that a very cute nickname? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. There's kindness and gentleness in and it. And sensuality. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. Yeah. That she lovely. was just tickled. Mm-hmm. Can I throw another one out? Yeah. Okay. While working in the school system, I went in one day to see. Um, one particular student in one classroom and was sitting with the teacher in the EA and the student when I said oh geez they have to stop feeding her bananas 
And the teacher looked at me and said, go on. What, what, what do you mean? Explain something. And I said, I don't know. I can see two doors down. And she went, you're in a room two doors down. And I said, yes, they're trying to feed a female in a wheelchair who's nonverbal, can move her hands and she's trying to push them away, but she doesn't have motor control. So it looks like she's flailing and she does and she's crying. It's like she's trying to it's trauma. Yes. And she's trying to say no bananas, but nobody can hear her say no bananas. So she's going and she's got all of these just mm-hmm. grunts coming out. And I said, she's in distress. The teacher jumped out of the chair, bolted out of the room, went straight down because they're all her EAs. There's like, I think, five or six of them and a variety of students. She went two doors down. Sure enough, the EA, unknowns to her, I'm not saying they did anything wrong knowingly, had mashed up a banana and was putting it in yogurt to soften it to give her her breakfast at school. That was part of the job. And the teacher said to her EA, stop, put the banana down. And the EA just calmly stopped, apparently, because I'm just saying what the teacher told me afterwards, put the banana down and the yogurt. And the teacher said, please call mom and ask mom if she has forgot to let us know about bananas. That was it. Do not feed her till we know. The teacher came back to the classroom and said, okay, we are looking into it, Karen. They were feeding her bananas two doors down with yogurt. So first of all, I don't even know how you could know that. But when I saw that you were right, I'm also going on the assumption she can't eat that. And her arms were flailing and she was in distress. So we are going to take time to soothe her. We are going to take time to let her know we won't feed her bananas that we're calling mum, and that we have her best interests at heart. So we will feed her something else till we hear from mum. Oh my God, Kelly. It took probably till the next month, because I only went once a month. When I went back the next month, she was able to say to me, thank you, we found out that they are suspicious of bananas. They didn't know for sure and don't know for sure, but she does behave the very same distress at home with bananas. And she has been having cramping and difficult bowel movements. So they've been giving her laxatives to get the bowels moving or something about that with the with the bowel. So she said they're looking into it. The mom didn't write it down in the day journal. Didn't know or didn't even think that we might feed her the bananas. I'm happy beyond my wildest dreams to have a teacher care that much and an EA care that much about the student, verbal or nonverbal. Right off the bat, to just be able to say, hey, she said it, let's go find out. So first of all, how she just stood up and bolted. Second of all, when she saw distress and she saw a banana, put two and two together and said, okay, let's keep going. Let's keep seeing where this takes us. Open. Yeah. Can I share like quite the opposite? And this is another you story. Yeah. For some reason, those are the ones that stick. You had an apparent no-show, and she showed up at your door like 15, 20 minutes late for an hour appointment, and she said, oh, sorry, I'm late. 
I think she gave you some excuse about her car and you said, you're lying. You were at McDonald's having burgers with your boyfriend yes. and you didn't want to ask him to get up and, and bring you here because you didn't want him to know that you were coming here. Yeah. And she just, I remember you saying she just looked at you and was like, yeah, yeah, I'm really sorry. Mm -hmm. That's very true. I remote viewed her mm -hmm. um, just to, because I don't like being lied to. Oh, and and you know, I don't think anybody does. So if you have the ability to remote view, why wouldn't you take it? <laughs> so there it is. Yeah. And you know what? I can think of an, an honest no-show who mm -hmm. showed up at the wrong day, wrong time, had it mixed up. And the remorse in her face that she had felt like she'd wasted my time, that mm -hmm. she'd done the messing up. You also don't want to put them in a position where they have to pay for that. Mm -hmm. When it's an honest mistake, we want to yeah. know that someone will pardon us as well. Yeah. But for those situations where you've remote viewed and seen the truth, I just yeah. remember thinking, what a boss. <laughs> well, I've, I've no showed. I, yeah. I, like, I can totally understand. I, I know that I have made mistakes. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not without compassion when somebody makes a mistake. I can totally sit back and say, no problem. Or can we go 15 minutes over? If it's possible, maybe. But sometimes it's not even possible. But when you flat out lie like that and then want your extra 15 minutes at the end on my time, that ain't going to happen. Oh, thanks. Spirit mm -hmm. Guide's got your ass. Yeah. Well, Cal, why don't we hold it at that for today and run a part two about this? Sure. Yeah, we have lots more examples. And I know we always encourage people to ask questions or comments. And maybe we'll just say, if you have some beautiful affirmations that you've received from sessions that you want to send in, we can include those in part two because we don't have a memory for a lot of the sessions in spite of 147 podcasts. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. Okay, wonderful. So if you do have questions or comments, please email us at info at .com. Otherwise, have a wonderful weekend. And just a reminder that Sips of Sanity comes out on Monday. <laughs>